Hey everyone, Ava Flanell here with Daylin Schaefer, and of course, Miss Peach is on my lap because the show wouldn't be complete without Peach's, uh, you know, joining in on the show, <laughs> which I'm looking at her right now in the video. I'm like, okay, Peaches, we're not playing right now. Anyways, hopefully this show um, comes out okay because uh, about 20 minutes ago, it was just raining really heavily and started to hail um, and then it cleared up, but you know, it's Colorado, so we never know if it's going to come back, but yeah, so that's what I'm dealing with. But you know, what is, uh, more pleasant than hail is, well, let me tell you, it is Manicore Arms and actually, wait, you were just like on their website and you saw something that you were oh, like, yeah. I'm going to talk about that. Um, and I think I need to like get it from them. So like I've just been messing with some AKs recently and I saw on their website. So if anybody's, you know, if you're familiar with the AK platform, mounting things onto the AK platform is always hard. Yeah. They have a really cool rail system. So it's a four end that has uh, the pick rail on top. So you can mount an optic to it. So that's really cool. You could mount, I think they have like a few different types of mounting options as well. Well, I was... especially because like, red dots are all a rage right now but like there's not really an easy way to do that on an ak no you have a few options you have the akm side mount mm -hmm. which is uh which is like one option you could always do a different i think it's like the gas tube but this is definitely the easiest yeah of the three if like your ak isn't ready for akm this is going to be the best way to go yeah absolutely if you guys want to check that out or anything else that manicore arms makes head on over to manicorearms.com don't forget to use the code pewpew15, all one word, and that's going to get you 15% off your entire order. And let's kick off the show with mail call. Do you want to go mail first call. or should I? Yeah, no, I'll I'll take it. Mail call, anything that is said to us by you guys or by different companies that like maybe we're testing it on our channel or reviewing it can tell you guys if it's any good or not. One I just got that I'm super excited about is Exothermic Technologies. They make... Uh, flamethrowers legal in uh, they say which states pretty much yeah. every state but it's like 49 48 states or something like that but they make flamethrowers that are a ton of fun and I had one that mounted to the uh, underside of a barrel that one I actually unmounted it and would just hold it uh, just handheld because it's a little bit heavy to be putting on the bottom of your, your gun but they recently sent a backpack flamethrower that I'm going to be testing out so oh, mount, cool. yeah it's going to be crazy so you have the fuel on your back and then you essentially just can torch uh, oh, nice. with your hands. So I have the one that uh, that attaches like to your AR or anything, you know, that's like kind of, I, I think it's it goes on a Picatinny rail on the end of your forehead, forehand um, or your hand guard or whatever. But I didn't realize that they had it in the backpack because that makes it so much easier to use. I mean, I joked, I was like, yeah, let's say you're hunting and then you want to cook your meal right there and not, you know, like... But it, it wasn't as practical. Um, it was the backpack still a lot of fun. one is like legit. If you need to do controlled burns, like that yeah. backpack one is a really good option because for controlled burns, it's all this handheld stuff. Then you're normally just dripping the the uh, like the kerosene or diesel mix yeah. that you have. You know, you're dripping it out. So the fact that you can now do that with all mounted to your backpack, if you have a big place to burn, it's a, actually a really useful tool. So yeah, and a, and a lot of fun. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, I just got in the mail. Uh, so one of my sponsors for my other podcast, Gun Funny, is Caldwell. And they sent, it's called the Flashbang. It's a target hit indicator. 
And hopefully you guys can see that. Um, if not, so I saw this at SHOT Show and I was like, man, that's actually kind of genius because um, let's say you're shooting rim fire. So even if you're hitting steel, you're shooting steel, which this is made to go on. If you're using rim fire, a lot of times you don't necessarily hear those impacts like you would if it was a larger caliber. Or let's say you're shooting at over, you know, like up to a mile away, uh, which this is made to work for a mile away. You will see this like, you know, it flashes like a, a really bright light and it has a really long battery life. Um, I believe it works on three AA batteries. And I think it's like under 20 bucks, 20, 25 dollars. So really affordable. And it's just kind of one of those things where now you don't have to look to see, you know, if you hit the steel or not because you're not going to hear it. So great for rim fire. Honestly, that's the challenge is even hearing it when you stretch it distance. So that's pretty cool. I know. Um, and I think actually with my with my other podcast, they did give me a code, which was gunfunny 10 and that gets you 10% off. So you guys feel free to use that. That is uh, caldwellshooting.com. But maybe they have a lot of other guys, stuff. Yeah, if you guys use it, we can convince Caldwell to come and sponsor this channel. That would be awesome. Right? Get some more stuff made. Yeah, because they make a ton of stuff. Like just when I'm like, oh, I know all their products, I look on their website and I'm like, okay, there's more stuff that pops up and I want it. So they have lots of stuff. But Ava, I think this is going to be the craziest would you rather section I was like looking at it, I was looking at our emails and we didn't have any would you rather questions. So <laughs> I made them up. If anybody who's uh, listening can't tell, I made them up. The most ridiculous ones we've had yet. And I want to hear your thoughts on uh -huh. that. And for the listeners, you can send them to pewpewpanel at gmail.com. Your would you rather questions come up with crazy ones. I mean, maybe you guys want to do some legit ones. Like you really are wondering if you should get gun A or B. Let us know. Uh, we love that too. But these ones are just pure ridiculousness. So the first one, would you rather legally own hand grenades or small artillery? <laughs> Dang, grenades would be really fun, but I feel like I'd get into so much trouble with that. Like, oh, what? You called me a bad name on Facebook? Right. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> hand grenades, honestly, though, would be a ton of fun, but like I've seen those training videos and I'm kind of petrified of them. At the same time, I've seen some crazy fails with small artillery that freaked me out so elaborate on the training videos oh just like military training videos where they're trying to chuck it over the bunker and they oh. they like hit the edge of the bunker and it rolls back at them and they have to like pull them into like the safety trench yeah and like that it's just some crazy stuff that's actually you know what that's a good point and my throw isn't that great i was never sporty so if i had to throw something i probably wouldn't be able to throw it that far away you like the small artillery um you know it's it's pretty useful at reaching distance although when you're getting small artillery it is i mean it's definitely bigger than like a hand grenade explosion um but i feel like there's a lot of like uh, math that goes into doing the artillery properly <laughs> and a lot of technique that with grenades just like chuck the thing into the bunker you know and well so elaborate on like what what comes to mind when you think small artillery so because I'm not a military person, when I think of small artillery, I think of artillery that is small. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm just thinking like the smallest ones I've seen are like roughly the size of like a soda can, like the warhead that they're launching out of those things. The tube isn't big. Uh, everybody who's like in the military is going to know exactly which size of artillery I'm talking about, but I literally have no idea. Just, yeah. just small artillery. 
I don't know, but then again, hand cannons, I mean, so even if my throw's not that great, I could still throw it out of, like, moving vehicles, airplanes, helicopters. And remember, this is a purely hypothetical question to any government agencies listening. We are not saying you want to go throw hand grenades out of trains, planes, and buses, but we're just saying in an imaginary world where it was legal and safe. Yeah, absolutely. I would say I think I'd go the route of small artillery only because I feel like I would get bored of just a regular hand grenade after a while. I'd want something that requires a little bit more technique. Yeah. I don't know if that's rendered totally useless by a third option that's not here, and that is just strapping grenades to your drone, and it's pretty much artillery and grenades at the same time. Well, I mean, because that's what they're doing now, like with the war in Ukraine. I mean, that's like, talk about just a totally different type of war than what, you know, our grandpas fought. Like, it was just, I mean, like, drones have kind of really changed the whole... Different than what we were even fighting, like, five years ago. Like, yeah. totally yeah. different. Yeah, I know. Actually, yeah, that's a good point. Like, um, yeah, it's been, it's kind of crazy. I, yeah, think bringing, so... I think bringing hand grenades into the mix, I might change my decision. I know you keep trying to say yours, and I just keep changing mine, but I think I go <laughs> hand grenades now. I know, because I'm like, well, we didn't... I did mention moving vehicles, but I was like, but that's right, jo- drones. And, like, drones are getting so cheap now that, like, they're pretty affordable. So I think I would stick with hand grenades then on that case. My favorite part is that the part required to drop things out of a drone, you can, like, buy them on Amazon, and they're things for, like, a gender reveal, like, you know... Uh... You- you drop the colored powder or whatever, and I think I it was the, the Garand Thumb video um, that he did where they tested the killer. Did you see that video where they ran tests of the killer drones? If no. Not, you should go look at that. That is so fun. Oh, I, mm-hmm. loved, I loved that video so much. But yeah, they tested it out. Wow. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. All right, so next question is, would you rather go night hunting a T-Rex or a pack of velociraptors so velociraptors because i'm not like i don't know dinosaurs that well those oh are like the, the little tiny t-rexes right well like tiny relatively compared to a t-rex but they're not like and if i'm not mistaken i don't believe they're like the size of a chicken like they're they're bigger they're, than they're the, pretty big but yeah they're 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 a lot smaller they are a lot smaller or a pack well what defines a pack it's like, you know, when people go night night hunting for hogs, this is what I was envisioning for everybody when I was writing this question is like how you go eradicating like hogs that are like yeah. wrecking the farmer's fields. And there's like a swarm of hogs that are just like running away. That's sort of what I'm envisioning. But I'm sure with like the velociraptors, you're going like one direction and they're following you. So it's a little bit more intense. Uh, so, so also, I don't know, That's it's kind of tough because I also have heard like fogs, you know, turning on people that are trying to shoot them. And so we're also just assuming that by go hunting for them that we're not putting ourselves in danger. So it also kind of boils down to the question of like, would you rather fight a T-Rex or a pack of velociraptors? And then it's just like, ooh, I think I'd rather one big T-Rex that I could keep an eye on and use my size where I could like hide under stuff that I couldn't get in versus well, these. What could you even shoot a T-Rex with that would actually take it down? Like you would need like, as far as like penetration through like tissue. Yeah. Need like four or five feet of penetration through tissue. 
So that would be crazy, though. I have seen Kentucky Ballistics with some of his, like, elephant guns. That yeah. So that's what I was just thinking, because when I saw him at NRA, um, it was, he came up to 22 Plankster and I, we were talking about that, and he was talking about how he's been messing around with all the different loads and stuff, and showed us pictures, and it was pretty, like, pretty crazy. Say, yeah. Yeah. Um... So I think as far as hunting goes, velociraptors would be kind of fun. But I don't know. But then again, I mean, it would be kind of cool to be like, yeah, I killed a T-Rex. It's true. It's like one big trophy or one like a hunt that may be more fun, you know? Uh, yeah. I think I would go velociraptors for both questions if I if it was like fight or hunt. Um it's because a, a ram would actually penetrate through the velociraptors yeah. and you'd have somewhat of a, a fighting left. chance. Yeah, <laughs> I think it only takes one hit with the with the elephant gun, but then your shoulder is totally obliterated. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I picked the velociraptors. Plus, night shooting in general just sounds fun. So either of these options I feel like would be pretty cool. Yeah, I think so. I think you can't go wrong with either or. All right, uh, moving forward. So... Stag Arms, um, I was just on their website, and I noticed that they have a blem section. And when we talk about blemishes, we think like, oh, it must be something that like probably doesn't work, or it's, you know, really noticeable. Maybe there's a big scratch on it, a big dent, you know, something like that. And I've noticed like with any blem guns, um, which... I've even on websites, I've gotten emails where it was like, this Blum gun is on sale and I've bought it before thinking like, oh, it's going to be pretty obvious and it's not. So they have a Blum section, which includes parts and it's priced pretty well. But then on top of that, you're going to use an extra 10% off because you'll use the code pewpew10. And then I'm like, yeah, combine both of those. I'm like, you have a hell of a deal. And that is stagarms.com. But if you haven't heard of Stag Arms, they have really awesome ARs. Um, they work really well. I've had quite a bit of experience now uh, behind quite a few of their guns. And I think that, you know, if you guys are in the market for an AR, like a good quality AR, definitely check out Stag Arms. And don't forget to use that coupon code. Again, it is pewpew10. Gets you 10% off. And that is stagarms.com. That brings us to our listener questions, and so we have another question from Bobby Blaze from Guns Blazing Reg, <laughs> and then um, just like another question. I don't know where the second question came from. I don't know if somebody sent it to us. If you sent it to us, let us know it was you. You guys can send us listener questions at qpupanel at gmail.com. So this is the section where you guys can just, you know, ask general questions uh, for us, interesting things that we, uh, that you, interesting ideas you have to talk about. And the first one is, what is the newest gun acquisition and your thoughts on that gun? That one's from Bobby Blaze. Oh, let's see here. Newest gun. I think it is the Foxtrot Mike 102 that I showed you guys in a few episodes ago. I think that is the newest gun that I've gotten in. Is that like the AK platform that takes um, it, AR, that yeah. 5.56? Yep. Yeah, that's that was a very and and that I have shot. I brought to the range because I had to uh, zero my red dot that I got from Crimson Trace, and I think I only like zeroed it in at like maybe thirty five yards, but it shot really well. And even just 
I mean, I know it's five five six. It's not going to have a ton of recoil, but I don't know. I just I thought that it you could just tell it's like it's made well. Um, and then again, I just really like the fact that it has that like side charging handle, which just seems it's like why aren't more companies jumping on board and making something similar? Because it just seems so much more intuitive to use. A lot easier to manipulate as far as just natural controls go. Yeah. What about you? What's what's your most recent gun? Mine is one that a lot of people are going to think is super like basic, and it is. Um, it was You're like a, a, a Glock 19. No. <laughs> no, I yeah, no, not a Glock 19. It's actually a Mossberg Maverick 88. Oh, okay. And it has the security length um, magazine tube, so. Uh -huh. I tested that thing out, and I mean, I've tested a lot of cheap Turkish shotguns, and it's the same price as a cheap Turkish shotgun, but it's actually made in America, so that's kind of why I prefer it. Yeah. It shoots way better than any of the Turkish shotguns I have. It's just simple. Um, so I really liked it. Maverick 88, what I did, though, is you can buy this little rubber piece called an Opsol 2.0, and what that allows you to do is put mini feed mini shells through it, and I fit... How many mini shells? I believe we fit uh, 14, if I'm not oh, mistaken. Dang. Yeah, 14 slugs inside. Uh, it's not even a long barrel. Like, it's just a regular security shotgun. 15 slugs uh, with one in the chamber. And yeah. so that thing was a ton of fun. Easy to shoot. Um, it's well, a and, and also, when you say slug, so it's like a half size of a slug because the mini, you know... Yeah, Salen, show the, show them what. Yeah, so the mini shells here, and there's a few different brands. The ones that I've found the best luck with um, are probably the shorty shells by Federal, but they look like this. If you guys can see, it's just this teeny tiny little shotgun shell, almost half size, which means wow. it almost doubles your capacity. So that was a fun one to shoot. The gun was cool. The little attachment that came with it that allowed it to shoot these was sort of the reason why i got it and yeah. it's like a ridiculously cheap shotgun so that's always cool yeah wow that's pretty cool all right cool um and then second question is what is your favorite 22 lr pistol i know you you mentioned it in the past like 22 r pistols can be notoriously jammy yeah. for you um so i don't know if that if, is that something you rock much even um so like I said before, the first gun that I ever bought was a Sig Mosquito. And I fell victim to the stupid, like, color because it was this dark purple. And, like, when the sun would hit it, it was like a, you know, it it, it kind of looked like slightly black. Like, you knew it was slightly off, but it wasn't, like, in your face like a lilac purple. It was, like, this dark, sparkly purple. And I liked it because it allowed me to really get, like, to hone in on my shooting and accuracy and familiarizing myself with the gun without getting nervous about the recoil. And so it was kind of fun. But um, that gun, like I said, is just, it it's crap. Like, it, I still have that gun, but I use it for, um, to talk about different types of actions in my class. Like, it hasn't seen the range in years because it's yeah. not reliable. And I, I'm pretty sure the firing pin um, has issues on it now, too. But... Yeah, so 22s, it's hard to find like a good semi-automatic 22 that, you know, they like would be good that I would like recommend, especially for beginners to learn on. Um, that the Ruger Mark 
whatever like that seems Four. to be pretty good the mark Four, yeah but i don't like the way that i don't like the operation of it because it's not like any other gun so it's not really great for beginners because you're not working on loading a magazine or like loading i'm sorry the magazine's fairly similar other than the weird angle but um as far as like racking the slide you don't rack a slide to load it no, yeah. so it's it's kind of weird um I don't know. I've had pretty good luck with my with my twenty two. So if you can't think of one, I've had I have a few good models actually that I like. Which ones have you had good luck with? So the Sig P three twenty two, that one is fun because it can hold like oh I want to say something like eighteen rounds or it's just it oh. has more. I can't I don't remember specifically. But it, can, it has a higher round capacity than most, so it's more like a regular handgun. It has a full-size grip as well, whereas a lot of twenty twos feel small. That one's fun, but it's picky with ammo. So as long as you find a brand that works, you can always run that brand. It doesn't need to be an expensive brand. Just like one brand that works, you always run that through it. You know yeah. you're good. Which I don't like in a twenty two. I like to just have something that will eat everything. <laughs> and... Um, there's So that brings me to two. One is the Taurus TX-22. Uh, there, I have like the competition one where it's uh, the the optic mount is mounted to the barrel. That one's a lot of fun, and it comes with a comp, hmm. which is funny because when you're shooting that twenty two with a comp, and you're like putting lead down range, it shoots like a BB gun because yeah. you have a comp on a twenty two. It's ridiculous. Yeah. That's so interesting though, that that would be like the last gun that you would put a comp on. So it, it, I guess it would make it even better then for a beginner who's like really scared of that recoil. Totally, and I think it's made for competition, um, when, like for using twenty two in competition. Oh, yeah. So it really keeps it so flat that like nothing moves, and you can like stack shots like nothing. So that yeah. one's a lot of fun. The round capacity is a little bit lower than SIG, so I hope one day they come out with a new model that has a higher round uh, capacity. They probably used that for, um, what is that? It was like it brought to you by the NRA, or even like Olympic shooting, you know, how they, they, I don't know what guns they use when they shoot. Those look like crazy custom guns. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen them, but they like hold their arm like all weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there was uh, some NRA like event where it, you have to shoot um, bullseyes at 25 yards. And then I think even past that. That's so crazy. like that would be kind of a good gun. Then I guess like yeah. that comp would come in handy. Although I don't know how many minutes you have in between each shot because if you have quite a bit of time, then and you don't have to follow up as quickly, then maybe it defeats the purpose. But who knows? Yeah, and then after the Taurus TX twenty two is the um, Bursa Thunder chambered in twenty two, which like <laughs> blew my mind because that gun wasn't designed to shoot twenty two. They just made a version that does shoot twenty two, so it's yeah. eight eight round capacity really hmm. low that's what i don't like about most 22 handguns it's the really yeah. low round capacity well especially because you know that they have the space for it so it's like why are you guys not exactly. fitting more in there and i think the reason is it like when you start double stacking 22 that you can get some feeding issues and that's the thing about the bursts it doesn't have any feeding issues mm. i've never had i've like it just doesn't jam on me uh so even though it's only eight shots it's a really fun gun i feel like james bond and it has like a threaded barrel and it's it's a fun one i thought you were going to talk about james reeves again James Bond, not James. <laughs> but there you go. That's our uh, that's our mandatory mention of James Reeves in every yeah. episode. <laughs> when we when we meet him, I mean, I've met him. Uh, but when you meet him, I'm gonna be like, "Here's your biggest fan," and then 
I mean, send, you send have him all to... the recordings of us talking about him. I know he won't be weirded out at all. No, but you definitely have to bring like a big sharpie so that he can sign your chest or something. Get it tattooed for life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Let's move on to our main topic, but first, I want to go over quickly our sponsor, Aura. So Aura is very interesting. I've been using them for a while. They provide online digital security. So if you guys are looking to get your information, like your physical address, your digital information, like email addresses removed off of like sketchy websites that sell it. If you've ever been getting like junk mail from places you don't know Mm -hmm. where, well, it's because somebody got your info and they're selling it. So that's where Aura is super helpful. Um, I had them remove my physical address from a few places, which is kind of freaky to think about. There's like companies that are like buying my physical address. Mm-hmm. And it's like those email, those letters you get that are like to current resident. I don't know if you ever got them. Yeah. It's just kind of like, you know, they just mail them out. Yeah. Um, so they kind of remove that information from the web by requesting that those websites take it down. And it's something you could do manually, but they can go do it to like 10 websites with the click of a button. And then those websites and those companies legally have to remove you from their list. So it's really cool, very useful. They also give you a VPN, um, which is super effective. They give you uh, antivirus software as well for your computer. So definitely check out Aura with a 14-day free trial using the code Civilian Tactical, all one word. Uh, so okay. get that Civilian Tactical, all one word. Go check out Aura. It's one of the best things we can do. What you guys can do to support the channel is even just using the free trial supports us. A ton so definitely go check them out and that Ava brings us into holsters the topic of today's episode yeah the different so, types the pros and cons yep and I wanted to bring up holsters because um being a firearms instructor for the past 10 years you see people come in with all kinds of stuff the funniest thing actually that I've ever seen somebody use is an oven mitt <laughs> no <laughs> how and why Okay, so it it wasn't necessarily like a holster, but they were using it to carry their gun around in. And it was this little lady, and she was like probably in her late 80s, and she came to class and That's like pulls cute. out this oven mitt that has her little revolver in it. And I was just like, it cracked me up. Like, it was really hard to, you know. Keep a straight face. Yeah, and I was like, okay, all right, let's just verify it's unloaded. Um, but... The thing is, is like a lot of people I don't think know that much about holsters and usually you just get whatever's available at the gun store. And unfortunately, gun stores don't have holsters that are made specifically for that model of firearm because they have to keep so many guns, uh, so many models in stock and they just don't have the space for it. So that's where they end up with the nylon type holster where it's like, oh, this fits every medium sized gun. Or um, that even the generic holster where maybe it has the strap over it or um, they people might even like emulate like what they've seen in movies or police officers and military wear, which is typically the Serpa type holster, which you would have to press a button in order for it to release. And any of those holsters I'm not really a fan of. And there's quite a few reasons why. So. Going back to the nylon type holster, this is a holster where there's not a lot of retention and somebody could easily just come up from behind you, take your gun, but even more so, you're not able to like run and like, let's say you had a hop a fence or you're trying to get away from somebody, you hop a fence and now you just lost your gun because it fell out because there was no retention. So I'm not a big fan of that. I also don't like the ones where there's that little strap that goes over the holster. So let's say it is like a nylon type holster or a leather holster. 
and it has that strap that's keeping the gun in there. I'm not a big fan. Um, talking for like appendix for concealed carry, like what type of carry um, are you thinking of when you're kind of referring to all these or all of the above? So I would say I've seen both. Like you would think like, oh, the nylon type holster, if you're wearing it in your pants, there's a little bit of retention between like your body and your pants. Um, but even then, I don't think it's enough retention. And then I have seen as far as like, you know, outside waistband holsters that are just out there, just sitting in there. As far as the strap, I don't think I've seen any that are straps that are inside the waistband. I've seen them on a few belly bands um, and ankle holsters, but I don't think I've seen any inside the waistband. Have you? Uh, I haven't, but I would assume that's something that you really want if you're going to do like a, if you're going to do an open carry. I would assume that you need, because like, I mean, me personally, I'd want to at least have a, a form, some form of retention where they couldn't uh, take mm-hmm. it from me. So I don't know. I don't know what the solution would be there, but I know you do want something if it's uh, open carry, but it's not necessarily something you need if it's like concealed. Yeah. So I'm not a fan of that. Um, not because I don't think that you couldn't get quick access to it. I mean, you're automatic. You just like, it's like a little button, a little snap button and, you know, snap that off and then you have access. But if you look at, there's a lot of like YouTube videos out there where you'll see they go to reholster it. Even fire or even uh, law enforcement falls victim to this, but they go to reholster it. They don't look to make sure that that strap's out of the way, and then a lot of times that strap will get in contact with that trigger and they'll like it's in the leg. Interesting. Yeah, and then on top of that, very similar to that is the Serpa type holster, which on some uh, competition holsters they have like a button that's kind of close to like the thumb that you would press release. I don't like that, but I would, I, that's just a matter of preference. I don't think that you can't, you can't really go wrong with it. Um, you just kind of have to practice using it. And for me, anytime I've had to use it, uh, because I don't practice, it always kind of like messes me up. up. Yeah. And you're usually teaching people who are beginners. So it's not like they're going to be getting (laughs) advanced holsters and advanced methods anyways. Yeah. Honestly, in your position, you have to kind of preach for a lot of people listening. You might think one way or the other and feel free to let us know in the comments. Like if you disagree with us, we're totally fine with it. We might bash each other a little bit. We might bash you a little bit. We know you guys bash us a little bit, but um, it might be a little bit different for you guys. For Ava, she teaches a bunch of new people, so you almost kind of have to pick a doctrine of like simplicity because you're teaching it to these people, and then you have to kind of use that. So I guess that makes sense as well. Yeah, and I mean, as far as like the Serpa type holster, so you'll see law enforcement and military a lot of times uses it, but a lot of times that little button that you have to press in order for it to release your firearm is really close to where that trigger is. And so people, they'll pull out their gun so quickly that they don't move their finger out of the way and then their finger automatically goes on that trigger. And again, they end up shooting themselves in the leg. And so that is like one of the reasons why I don't like the Serpa holster. Also, it's just another mechanical device that could potentially fail. Yeah. I mean, in the rare event, like, I mean, not not in the rare event of me eating French fries, but let's say I'm eating French fries and a French fry gets stuck where that little paddle is and now my i can't access my gun like i it it gets it stuck and i can't just press that little gets in there, yeah. yeah so i don't know it just kind of makes me a little concerned um the one that i i really like and that i try to steer students in the direction of is just kydex you can't go wrong with it it has enough retention where you can hold the gun upside down and it's not going to come out of the holster um you can make adjustments because i know i like it a little bit looser than tighter 
usually when I get a holster sent to me from the company, it's like super tight. I'm like, how do you even pull this out? Yeah. So I have to adjust it um, to you know my preference. But even if you adjust it quite a bit, it still should be able to be held upside down and it's not falling out. And one one type of holster that I really don't like is leather. Uh, me personally, yeah, because it can deform and it can work its way into the trigger guard. And yeah. that being said, there's one leather holster which is actually a light a Kydex leather combo made by Crossbreed. It's pretty cool. So the leather side faces your body and it's a thick leather, so it conforms uh, just like a slight curve. But there's no way that that thing can deform enough to work its way into the trigger. And then the front face, which isn't touching your body. Uh, is the Kydex part because a lot of people complain about like the comfort of Kydex and I put yeah. if you find a good Kydex holster that fits I don't find a problem with it like you won't notice it if you find just a good if you fit it properly but if you really are looking for the comfort of leather there are hybrid leather holsters which are kind of I interesting didn't, I didn't know that Crosby did that I I was only aware of uh, there's a company called Falco Falco holsters and they did that but um, it's kind of like best of both worlds, but I, I agree. I'm not a big fan of leather holsters either because they wear out very quickly, especially with the heat of your body. If you're wearing, you know, if it's like close to your skin, um, it will typically, you know, wear out like it's, there's not that much retention. Um, also, as far as comfort goes, flashbang holsters, and I think other companies out there too, there's um, a Kydex that they make their gun with Kydex, but then the Kydex is, has like a mole skin around it and they were doing that for their flashbang holsters that you know are bra holsters so that it feels like nice and soft up against your skin so that it's not just like that gross like kydex plastic yeah yeah and and they have you know so they also make holsters like inside the waistband and stuff with that product as well so that's also an alternative so there's a ton out there really and you don't have to get stuck with something that's terrible just because of something like comfort or mm -hmm. something like that. There are going to be other options that kind of will fill that spot. And we're going to get into sort of how to use a holster, and you, Ava, will probably lead this more than me just because you're an instructor with it. But first, a massive thank you to Gunzone Deals. They're a website that sells everything. So if you're looking in the firearm space, definitely check them out. But they do a ton of EDC flashlights, some of the, like, thinnest flashlights they have some really really cool ultra thin edc flashlights so if you're looking to up your game when it comes to edc lighting definitely check out gunzonedeals.com they have their deals section which is always rotating i know they sell like the axle uh, ear pro and some really cool stuff on their website so go check out gunzone deals they're good friends of ours uh the person who owns it he's a good gun loving american guy second amendment guy he absolutely loves what we're doing on the podcast so thank you for him uh as well because he shares the word about our podcast so definitely go check out gun zone deals and i guess that brings us into how to use a holster uh what is it that you teach for the basics in your classes when it comes to using a holster so there's a, a lot of other misconceptions about drawing from your holster and drawing from your holster is one of those things that you definitely want to practice because Let's say you can use a gun really well, but if you can't effectively draw from your holster, like let's say you don't pull it out all the way and the uh, barrel of your gun gets stuck and then now you drop your gun or uh, you can't pull it out, you know, quickly enough. And, you know, so there's like lots of issues. So you definitely want to practice. And I would say, you know, practice in the comfort of your home, looking at yourself in the mirror, videotape yourself doing it. But the way that I was taught, and I believe that the way that the NRA teaches, um, not to say that I'm going to always agree with, with the way that, you know, the NRA teaches, but um, 
it kind of does make sense. So starting out, you would have your non-dominant hand on your torso because the last thing that you want to do is when you pull that gun out, you're going to flag your arm or your hand. And you, let's say you're in a hurry to pull that trigger and you accidentally shoot yourself. So get that hand out of the way. Um, I just position it on my torso, um, like the same time that I go to grip my gun. And we're just assuming that like I'm, I'm drawing from like outside the waistband. And then what you're going to do is you're going to pick completely up so that the barrel, everything comes out of that holster. Then you're going to rotate your dominant arm so that your gun is facing towards the threat in front of you. And then as you're bringing that arm forward, the, the arm that you know your gun's in, your non-dominant hand is going to meet the grip of of the gun that you're, you know, with the gun that you're holding, and then you're going to bring it forward. And you would essentially bring it into like your natural point of aim. And what's the best way to like practice this? Cause like I would assume dry firing or dry drawing would be like a great way to do this. Cause it seems like one of those things that is so critical to being good at defending yourself mm -hmm. and it's something you could do at home. You don't necessarily have to do it at the range. So like, what's the best way to practice? Is it just dry fire? Oh yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge like proponent of dry fire, but one of my favorite um, devices to use is the Mantis X10. Mantis X, like MantisX.com. So they have a bunch of different uh, things that you could use for dry fire. I mean, even with your AR, they've figured out a um, a way to dry fire your AR where it automatically resets the trigger so that you don't have to keep pulling back that charging handle. But with the X10 um, and their app, they also have an app where you can practice drawing from your holster and then actually aiming and shooting the target because then I would say that's next is like after you you know you feel pretty comfortable drawing from your holster you could do it effectively and quickly now you have to make sure that you're lining yourself up you know your eyes with that target or I'm sorry your sights with the target or your red dot with the target and you're able to aim you know for center of exposed mass and so that's where I would also use you know that app and those drills um, to practice and one thing that I'm thinking of now that would be a great way to practice dry fire is if you have like a full length mirror, mm -hmm. not only using it to like see what you're doing, uh, but it gives you a perfect little torso target to <laughs> the distance. If you can stand far enough back mm -hmm. from a from a full length mirror, you could use the Mantis X or something like that, which shoots a little laser emitter and you can actually see those shots, you know, center of mass on yourself, as weird as that looks, but you know, it gives you a good analog and you can see your form and you can present your gut and you can kind of watch what you might be doing right or what you might be doing wrong so something like mm -hmm. that actually might be a good way to practice your dry fire yeah um also there was somebody that i knew that would practice on their tv and every time like a second person would show up on their tv they'd quickly draw from their holster and act like they were shooting and they would dry fire and it was all fun and games until they didn't verify that the gun was unloaded and they end up shooting their tv so just make sure that any type of dry firing, you guys are absolutely, your gun's unloaded. And that doesn't mean just taking out your loaded magazine. Make sure that that chamber is clear. So always remove the magazine first, lock back that slide, and inspect that that chamber is clear. In fact, I was just watching a video of somebody who clearly had cleared their chamber. It was a <laughs> shotgun. He pumped it down. You know, there was nothing in there. But the way that the shotgun works, it loads one under the gate. Yep. 
Uh, and, you know, he's demonstrating, everybody's seen like, the clip, but he's demonstrating the fact that it could slam fire. And so he pumps it down. He can see that there's nothing in the barrel, kind of looks away as he slides it forward and boom. So definitely check your magazine first, remove, check. Yeah. And then check the barrel. So uh, otherwise you'll be short of TV and, and it's just a dangerous situation altogether. So if you're going to do dry fire, just double, triple, quadruple check. I like to literally use my finger to put it into the barrel the to like chamber, yeah. feel that there's nothing there because I'm like maybe my eyes will deceive me I don't know yeah I, I like to I like to check yeah yeah that's some very good advice absolutely all right well I think that wraps up our main topic um now it's time for listener of the week if you guys have not left us a review on iTunes please do so and um it's really easy with an iPhone just search for the podcast app Search for Pew Pew Panel, and then from there, um, scroll down, and you could leave us a review, and we greatly appreciate it. It just kind of helps us put our new show on the map. So we're going to do the same thing that we've been doing. Um, I still think that there's only eight reviews. Um, so make sure that, guys, when you leave us a review, there is, there's more than eight reviews, but there's ratings. So make sure that you actually write something. Click on the right review, and then that will get you entered. And tell us a little bit about yourself, about um, your favorite caliber this time of gun that you like to shoot, <laughs> and then what you like about the podcast. Uh, so the written reviews are what we're able to uh, put into this pool. Because, yeah, like you said, there's star reviews, and then there's reviews people write. So make sure to write one. Yeah. All right, so I have the reviews pulled up. I'm going to do what we've been doing the last two shows and hope that it works. But I'm going to ask Google to choose a random number. Okay, Google, choose a random number from one to eight. Here's a random number, eight. Eight. So that would have been the most recent review. And that is from Casper Paint B, titled Great Hosts. Glad to hear more from you, Ava. Looking forward to the evolution of the new podcast. That's awesome. Clearly some follow-through fans here. Yeah. I'm surprised that Peaches didn't bark at that time, which I'm thankful for. But all right, awesome. Well, um, I'm going to send him a prize. I don't know how many more slings we have available, but I am just, you know, I want to encourage more we people. Have to... things. Yeah. So just go to pewpewpanel.com, click on the contact us form, and then send me a good mailing address. And then I think that wraps it up. Um, That's everything. Thank you guys yeah. for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Drop a comment, like if you're watching on YouTube, and leave us a review. And drop us your and questions too, pewpewpanel at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.